If you are neurotypical and you break up with a narcissist, you're in for a real shitstorm. This is Kinda Sorta Dating, the podcast that is sorta, kinda, about dating. In this episode, I'm talking to the fascinating Kanika Batra. She made headlines recently after publicly speaking out about being clinically diagnosed with sociopathic narcissistic disorder. Also, later on in this episode, we'll be checking our dating hotline, the number you can call if you've been on a shitty date and need to vent, if you've got a general dating question, or you've got some queries about kinda, sorta dating. Our dating hotline number is 1-800-DATE-ME and we're ready to hear from you anytime. Make sure you take that number down and give it a call because we love getting your messages. Let's face it, everyone has been a tad narcissistic at times. But as with most things in life, it's best to indulge in a need for attention in moderation. So when does reveling in the odd compliment tip over into something more problematic? And if you're dating someone who exhibits certain traits, how do you know whether they just have an overdeveloped ego or you're actually dating a narcissist? On today's episode, I am joined by model and Miss World Australia finalist Kanika Batra, who recently uploaded a YouTube video called Interview with a Sociopath. I hope you find this chat just as fascinating as I did. And just a trigger warning, in this episode, we briefly talk about suicide and sexual assault. Kanika? Thank you so much for joining me on Kinda Sorta Dating. Thank you for having me. Um, I think you're incredibly brave and your videos um, put into words, they really humanise like these conditions that are probably a lot of people have and are undiagnosed with. So let's start from the beginning. Okay. Um, so in your recent video that you released on your YouTube channel, you addressed your personality disorders and the false stigmatization yes, around that's them. Right, that's because, right. Because, you know, everyone thinks they know what a narcissist is, but yeah. do they really? No. Um, <laughs> can you first of all tell us what you were diagnosed with? Okay. So basically, I don't know if you need a trigger warning or anything for this, but in when I was 21, I tried to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. And so I was put in the psychiatric facility but my mum bailed me out of there so um she put me like I had to go through outpatient therapy where I dealt with my depression but also while I was there I got diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder and narcissistic personality disorder and it was kind of a shock to me because well I knew I was different but I didn't expect it to be like actual sociopathy (laughs) so like a lot of people with the disorder, they don't go in to a therapist unless they have a different condition that is really weighing on them. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that causes a lot of problems. So did they tell you, like, how do they discover whether you've got, so it's, to put it in simpler terms, is it narcissistic traits and sociopath traits? So is that right? the way they diagnose it is in the DSM-5, Although when I was diagnosed, it was still the DSM-4. Basically, there are nine characteristics that you must display to be diagnosed with antisocial personality and narcissistic personality. So it's not just some like, you know, errant behavior that obviously like everybody has. There's actually a test as well for psychopathy, which is measured out of 40 and I ended up getting one less than Ted Bundy. So I was, wow. <laughs> I was on 38 and Ted was on 39. 
So I don't know how that happened. But yeah, to actually have antisocial or narcissistic, it, you have to qualify for all of those requirements, mm-hmm. not just one or two. And also you cannot be diagnosed with antisocial unless you had conduct disorder before the age of 15. And what's conduct disorder? So this is when you're a truant or if you like commit crimes as a child or mm-hmm. you show exhibit cruelty to animals, which I never did because I love animals so much. Yeah, I was thinking that when I was watching yeah. your video. Yesterday. I, just I was love like, well, cats. she's lovely to her animals. I love cats so much. Like, I honestly would take a bullet for my cats. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's just a like pattern of behavior. Mm-hmm. My psychiatrist told me that he feels very uncomfortable diagnosing anyone under 21 with the disorder because your brain is still changing. Mm-hmm. And as a child, you're just naturally narcissistic. So after that, like, you know, it, until I was 21, I didn't have the diagnosis. Yeah. And then basically that I had um, some really bad health issues and I was forced to, I was in New York at the time, and basically they held me against my will and, yeah. they thought, In New York? Yeah. They oh, wow. were telling me that <clears throat> because I mentioned that, you know, I'd been sexually assaulted, that I didn't want to go back to Australia. They thought I was, one of them actually said, I think you're lying because you have antisocial personality. You're just trying to make up excuses for what you've done. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so it's not to go on a tangent, but then I was assessed by their team of psychiatrists, which went up to about, there was about 11, including the juniors. Mm-hmm. So it was just me in a big room with these lunatics. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was really traumatizing to me. Wow. And and so what kind of, thank you for being so open, first oh. of all, because it's, I know it's a lot. Yeah. But it's. Um, I just want people to know that there's more to it than just what they imagine, which mm. is probably someone who tortures animals and commits murder. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, that's why I want to know more about it. So what kind of tests do they have to do to diagnose you with something like that? There's the, um, DSM-5 checklist that they have to go through. There's a psychopathy checklist. What's on the checklists? Like, do they ask you a whole heap of questions? Yeah, they do ask you about remorse, guilt, Mm -hmm. empathy, having a conscience, being, um, constantly bored, promiscuity, um, because a lot of sociopaths, they just really don't have anything like propelling them forward inside. So they don't have like, so they try to do risky things to finally feel something. So mm. to have adrenaline and whatnot. Um, another thing is the hidden suffering of a psychopath. It was an article mm. that um, I read. And basically because sociopaths such, have such a high propensity for violence, if they are put in a condition where they're isolated and attacked, they will commit violent acts. And so I kind of wanted to destigmatize it so that they feel comfortable to expressing their thoughts so people can talk them down off that ledge. Before they yeah, attack. Yeah, before they attack. Yeah. So, I mean, like, if there is, I know there's a lot of sociopaths are abusive. They do treat people horribly. Mm. But I feel like the high-functioning ones should play our part and actually help the other ones. Oh, that's, see, see to me, that sounds like you have a lot of empathy. I know. It's, it's basically, <laughs> I think the difference is, like, empathy and compassion. Whereas, like, empathy is not a choice, but compassion can be. So okay. that's kind of how I, I I view situations. Yeah. And do you think, so would you say you were born with with the traits of yeah, sociopathic I would, traits, I would narcissistic traits? I say I was traits? born with traits because 
I would I don't like to like self-diagnose or whatever mm. but um I could eat like my dad fits the characteristics my grandparents with the characteristics like his siblings as well they all have they're all sociopathic or narcissistic so I feel wow. like it comes from that side and my psychiatrist also said that you know if my mother hadn't nurtured me the way she did I would end up a lot worse than I am. Wow. So you, so it is hereditary yeah, or it can be hereditary. It can be hereditary. And then I was, I'm not sure, I, like I'll tell you a quick overview. Mm. But when I was little, I had thalassemia. I still have thalassemia. But I mean, it's. I used to go to the hospital every month for a blood transfusion. And I'd got nightly needles to help with the pain. And so um, because of that, I got all the attention from everybody, like my mum, my dad, even my brother, like I was like, always talked about and mm. I was doing, then I did child modelling and everything was again fo- like focused on me. So I was never used to not focusing on myself mm-hmm. and that kind of, I think, created the narcissistic traits that I have. That makes a lot of sense. And do you look at things like social media now? Because there's a lot of articles that have said, you know, we're, we're bringing up kids now yeah. with stronger narcissistic traits because it's all about self-image on social it media is, and yeah. getting the right selfie and getting the right shot. And do you think that's kind of breeding narcissism? I think it's breeding narcissistic traits. Mm. To actually have the disorder, you have to be fairly debilitating. <laughs> it is quite debilitating because for me personally, if I get insults, I just like shatter inside and I can't handle it. Whereas normal people, neurotypicals, they can kind of cop it on the chin and move on. Yeah. But for me, it'll stick with me for so long and it, it really affects my psyche. But um, I do think there's a spectrum of narcissistic traits Mm -hmm. so there are definitely heaps of people who could fit you know 20 or under that still would make them a narcissist but 20 and up you're talking narcissistic like territory and so what's the stronger narcissistic traits like can you kind of explain to us what defines a narcissist I know it is a spectrum Mm -hmm. um, but if you're going to get 20 and over what would the strong traits be so there's a pathological grandiose sense of worth so um, because narcissists have been abandoned or rejected as a child, they cannot process this when they grow up. So any like signs of abandonment or rejection, even the mildest criticism, they will have like a nervous breakdown. They will turn it into like narcissistic rage, which can, you know, it really, really damage people. Like, you know, you've got men who are narcissists who will murder their partners for, you know, a slight against their personality. And, um, but like the, the more serious the narcissistic traits are, the worse generally the person is going to be unless they're in therapy, which they can help kind of reduce it. But I think that what really makes us worse is that when we are forced to act like neurotypicals, because our brain just isn't wired like that. So if we don't live true to ourselves, we just live very unhappily. Yeah. And also for like stronger narcissistic traits, I would say, um, such a deep self-centered nature and having very little empathy almost no remorse no guilt and um being willing to do things against other people like to for personal profit to get to where they want to yeah and so not to dumb it down (laughs) but 
what would your re- like what are your reaction to like romantic movies or sad documentaries or things like that like do you feel emotion or you can or do you just not under not like not not understand it but you can't understand can't other like people's it, reactions yeah I yeah. totally understand um so I personally do get like I don't generally get emotional watching movies except for I'm I'm trying to think which movie I actually cried at I think Schindler's List is pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it has yeah. to be quite severe for me to be emotionally impacted by it. Um, and I don't really understand other people, like, getting so emotionally involved in a film. Yeah. But, oh, <laughs> That's oh, me. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. It was Luca Magnotta. I cried. I haven't seen that one. What's I that about? I would not recommend it. Really? So he, there's a show, Don't Fuck With Cats. I don't mm-hmm. know if you can swear. You can swear. Okay, yeah, it says don't fuck with cats and um, that's on Netflix. And essentially the guy, Luca Magnotta, he tortured cats oh, on camera. Oh, no. I just oh, I died. Oh, I think this was real, wasn't it? This yeah, happened yeah, in, oh, it's real. Oh, yeah, no, I saw an really article about just, it. No. Yeah, just, okay. he is worse than everybody else. I, I, You know, I've d- looked at a lot of serial killers in my time writing mm-hmm. and He's the worst. I just despise that man. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, you definitely have... I do have emotional responses. Emotional responses. Yeah. Yeah. So, I've got so many questions (laughs) that I want to ask you. Fire away. But I guess um, in terms of dating, Mm. um, how do you... Because what what is it called? Anti-personal... Anti-social personality disorder. Anti-social personality disorder. Yes. To me, like, I'm enjoying talking to you and I think, you. you know, it's quite... In, in a social situation. Yes. You really hold yourself well together. Thank you. How do you... But, like, how do you really feel inside? Or, like, are you good in social situations? I'm pretty good in social situations. I think I have, you know, the main trait of a sociopath is superficial charm. Right. Okay. So um, that's pretty, like, that's what you notice about sociopaths. If you ever um, hang out with them in public, you will know they're a sociopath. They don't break eye contact and they also are very, very charismatic and charming. So you would never assume that they have sociopathy in the first place. But that's kind of how they, you know. That's like every guy I've ever dated. Yeah. <laughs> it's like because you have, they like, I personally have to mirror, like I used to mirror people the whole way through childhood because I didn't have the same emotional responses to things. So if someone was really upset, I didn't understand. Yeah. So I would just like mimic their behavior. Wow. That's kind of what happened for me. Um, Yeah, emotions. And even growing up, my dad wouldn't let me really have emotions. So if I was crying, he wouldn't, he, he would like yell at me and tell me that he would only respond once I talked like a normal human being. So, like, I was always discouraged from expressing any emotional um, responses that I had to things. Wow. So you did, like, you were always taught to repress it. Yes. Suppress it. Yes. (laughs) Um, And so what's it like dating? Like, can you fall in love? Yes. So um, for me, I believe relationships are very transactional. Mm -hmm. But, of course, I like do things that I don't want to do either for that person because I know they've done something for me that they don't want to do. Yeah. So it's like it's not like I've had so many people try and attack me on this one because they think that I'm using people or, you know, I'm trying to hurt people on purpose and that's not what I'm trying to do. Um, so I, I genuinely get very involved with somebody and then most times it will be like this, like it will be a huge spike and then I will go down to feeling nothing. 
And unfortunately, that happens a lot. Like, Sam is my longest relationship. And I'm not proud of this behaviour, but beforehand I would cheat on my partners because I didn't really have guilt or remorse. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really, really compartmentalised that part of my life. And it just wouldn't make a difference. And, yeah, but... Um, now I think I'm fully committed. Um, I'm very open and honest with Sam about, you know, what I am. Mm-hmm. He knows he's done a lot of research into ASPD and NPD. And, yeah, we just have a lot of communication. And he knows that sometimes I will, like, blow up over, like, tiny stuff. Yeah. And um, I, even I think that sometimes my uh, anger is unnecessary and we've all had that we've been outside of our body going stop it's like stop calm being down. crazy Just stop it yes. <laughs> sort yourself out mate the more i talk to you the more i think there's a lot of people out there who all have these traits that just either unopen about having these dis- or i hate calling it a disorder because yeah. it feels it, it feels doesn't like feel like a disorder it's just Everyone's born with different yeah, personalities. Yeah, it's like a new lens. Yeah, exactly. But but maybe the reason your relationship works so well is because you have researched into it and you do know these are your yeah. tendencies. You could actually be so many steps ahead of other people yeah. who, who can't work out why they do the things they exactly. do. Exactly, and I've become a lot more successful in business because with sociopaths and psychopaths, they have the drive and mm-hmm. they have, like, boredom. So, like, that boredom propels them to do something and... S- so they're much more likely to take action than, say, a neurotypical. So, like, we t- that's why they tend to end What's up as... What's a neurotypical? Someone who is not affected by mental illness or a personality disorder. Okay. Right. And um, this is why they're all investment bankers, you know, CEOs, mm-hmm. lawyers, doctors, everyone. Because so, they're driven. Yeah, they're driven. They're not held back by emotion. They don't really get upset at the thought of hurting somebody to get it to a job that they want. Yeah. That's why they're, like, so successful. This is going to sound weird, but do we almost kind of need some people like that? Oh, yeah. Can you imagine, um, a so, a, like, a empath surgeon? Mm-hmm. Because, like, if they get attached to every patient they're cutting open, they're not going to have, like, a great time. And they're not as focused, no, they're are not they? not as focused. Not I've never thought about that, but we do kind of need people who are just, yeah, you, do. you know, let's get from point A to, to B point, without yeah. bringing emotions into exactly. it. Exactly. Emotions tend to ruin a lot of things. Yeah. And so can you, now that you know what your personality trait is, and it sounds like you've done a lot of work into it and you're, you know, you're really interested. Yeah in, um, you know, maintaining a really yeah. good life lifestyle in terms of mental health. Yeah. Can you spot people who oh, 100%, 100%. are? 100%. Really? I can spot them a mile away. I'm like, yeah, there's a narcissist. Here's another one. Yep. <laughs> there's that narcissist because I also did psychology at uni for a while. I didn't graduate from the psychology degree, but so I can't really claim that. But, yeah, yeah. I did do abnormal psych for several units. and But, like, from personal experience, like I can spot narcissists from a mile away. We'll be back after this. 
News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winder? <laughs> <laughs> Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. <laughs> Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from. So what are some traits people, I hate to say what, not what they should look out for. Sign. Yeah, but, but, but if you think, because there's so many, I wrote an article about this a while ago. You know, you hear everyone say, oh, my ex-boyfriend is such a narcissist. I know, it's become synonymous with mm-hmm. evil or horrible. Yeah. Well, I question whether they're a narcissist or maybe you're not dealing with the breakup quite yeah. as well. And we all yeah. try and find excuses oh, why absolutely. the other person is a shit person. Yeah. Um, but but what are some of the things that would point to them actually being a narcissist in a relationship? So they would make all of the relationship issues about themselves. Mm-hmm. They triangulate a lot, which is essentially, let's say I'm in a room with you and we've got, you know, a lovely friend there. What we're what they're likely to do is try to paint you in a terrible light while like and they will like balance this off from the next person so that you're the only one who feels a certain way and you feel like you know inundated by you know, the opposite opinion and so triangulation is a very strong manipulative tactic. Is that kind of like gaslighting? Yes. So okay. gaslighting is another um, trick that they tend to use quite a lot. So if if they're cheating or if they're doing some horrible things, they will first like pretend nothing's happening and they'll question your sanity. And then if they do admit it, they'll pretend that it never happened. So the thing is like you have to notice these traits because low functioning narcissists can be very abusive and they're not very pleasant to be around either. They're great during the honeymoon phase of love bombing. Mm -hmm. But after that, like, you do not want to be there. It gets dark. Yeah, it gets dark. And you you just, if they don't prioritize you, if they don't care about your emotions and they don't care that they're cheating on you, then you just need to leave because, you know, they're not not getting better. That's what I also wanted to ask you because I read a book by a psychologist once. It's a really good book. Um, I can't remember what it's called. I'll put it in the cliff notes. But um, she, during, in this book, she talks about three different types of patients. And one she starts thinking has quite strong narcissistic tendencies. And her belief was that you can't cure them. What do you say? Because I've heard it a couple of times now that, you know, there's a lot of warnings to stay away from narcissists and the best idea is to not get into a relationship with them and to stay as far away as you can. Mm -hmm. Do you think someone who has been diagnosed as a narcissist can get better or not get better but they can change their ways absolutely so that's what I want to do on my YouTube and in a general sense I want to create a community where narcissists um, sociopaths histrionics borderlines they can all come together and talk about their problems and talk about their behavior Mm. and try and see where they can improve because the the thing is there's always going to be cluster b's so you can either help them Mm -hmm. or you can suffer the consequences of not helping them like there's nothing that you can do to stop them from uh, like existing yeah and also i do personally believe that narcissism can't be cured but it can definitely be treated but 
I don't know if you know this, but a lot of psychiatrists will not see you if you have a cluster B disorder. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, so and also on um, YouTube, there's Dr. Ramani, and she makes posts like every couple of week, every couple of days, about how bad narcissists are and like how to avoid them. And it's like you're literally a mental health professional. You shouldn't be spreading misinformation and like jeopardizing the mental health of these people. Like that's literally uh, the opposite of your job. Yeah. Um. But yeah, with na- with a problem that they have with narcissists and sociopaths in therapy is that they become a lot more manipulative. Okay. So they can get worse during therapy. So a lot of therapists are probably yeah. a little bit worried yeah. that they'll get yeah, manipulated. They, I mean, they can get pretty okay. scary sometimes. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so it's almost like a bit too hard basket. Yeah, exactly. And they, a lot of psychiatrists tend to believe that they will never get better. So do you think if... if People who have been diagnosed with these conditions get help at the start or fairly early or whenever because there's probably people listening to this now going, I'm identifying with some of these traits. Absolutely. What would your advice be? Get straight into therapy? So firstly, I I, I would kind of aim advice at people who are, you know, 15 ish because if they do get diagnosed with conduct disorder, they can kind of work through that mm-hmm. before they're like their brains wire into becoming sociopaths. So I think prevention is the oh, best. Wow. Yeah, is the best um, cure for this. But otherwise, definitely, if you have these symptoms, if you feel disconnected from the world, but also have the rage and you know the emptiness and mm-hmm. the depression, like all of those traits, I would get help for that one hundred percent. Yeah. Well, just talking to you, I um, like, you know, it does feel like you've created, you know, quite a warm personality and you're quite a lovely person. Thank you. So it definitely does like give me, it, it gives me hope that there's, you know, people out there listening to this going, oh God, I'm just going to be this awful yeah. person forever. And it's just not the case. No, you can definitely change. I was, you know, uh, like I, I don't think I'm criminally competent. <laughs> like um, I don't think I'll get in trouble legally at this point. But um, when I was younger, I literally I did so many horrible things. Like you know, one example was I pushed a girl down the stairs, like quite a large flight of stairs. And then um, and how I, did you feel after you? I felt happier. <laughs> really? Yeah. And then um, I got her suspended because I started crying because I can cry on cue. So then it kind of manipulates yeah, the situation. Yeah. So I did really horrible things. Um, so I'm just looking back on them and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Wow. Yeah. So anyone, can, if I can fix myself, I think other anyone people can. can. Yeah. And did your mum kind of notice? Was she seeing some signs and yeah, maybe suggested? Yeah. Yeah. She was. Um, my mum's so sweet, so empathetic. She's just the kindest person ever. Uh, and my dad is just kind of like ice cold. Yeah. <laughs> but I was his favorite, so like I was always like given treats and stuff, and my brother never was. But um. Yeah, so I got all the attention from my parents. But my mum was so nurturing and, like, she had such such an emotional side to her that without her I probably would have ended up pretty bad. Like, yeah. You know, like my dad's family. Well, no good. I've read, I read in one book, um, psychology book, that um, 
narcissists tend to attract narcissists. Oh, oh boy, do they attract narcissists? That's the thing? Yes. So um, I'm like a magnet for anyone who has a cluster B disorder. So the borderlines and narcs, the antisocials, they're just drawn to me. And um, because they love the love bombing, they're just like, oh, God, So you're yeah. love bombing each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like crazy. And we get really close to each other and then all of a sudden we just hate each other. Cause What's a breakup like with a narcissist ooh, ooh, breaking up with another narcissist? That's oh, got to be nasty. I'll start by like narcissist and neurotypical. So if you are a neurotypical and you break up with a narcissist, you're in for a real shit storm. Really? Like what kind of thing? So because they have such fragile egos, if you shatter that, like you're in for a really rough time. So they will smear you. Mm -hmm. Like they will like absolutely destroy your reputation. They may try and do physical harm. They may try to emotionally manipulate your friends against you. Um, they, yeah, they're, they're pretty scary. I would not recommend. But also narcissists to narcissists, they're both so like weak inside, but they're both so aggressive on mm. the outside. So they'll like try and make you lose your job you know, not have, again, not your friends, attack your family, like all the things that they could possibly do. Yeah. But narcissists, what people don't realise is narcissists are incredibly naive and they're also very, man you can, oh, you can manipulate the crap out of them. Like, out of another narcissist? Yeah, oh, like sociopaths can destroy narcissists. Like, my God, this is so fascinating. Cause, yeah, because sociopaths, like, don't have that ego like a narcissist Oh, yeah, would. that's what I want to ask you. So what's the difference between a sociopath and a narcissist? So let's put it this way. Um... A sociopath would be willing to say something like, I'm so poor, I like can't even afford to eat this week because they, they want the money. Right. But a narcissist feels so humiliated by that, they would never mention it, even if they did need that money, if they were sitting on the street. Like, they will create this character of such a, like, talented, successful person, whereas a sociopath can do that. Or they can just as easily say they're, like, down on their luck and try to, like, take every penny out of you. So um, the main difference is pride and ego. Okay. And also narcissists, uh, like, a lot of the no low-functioning ones, they're very unpleasant to be around because they never just let you speak. They will always be speaking about themselves, whereas sociopaths will always listen to you speaking so they can pick up cues. Oh, wow. Yeah. So narcissists are... Uh Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Anything that may make a narcissist look bad is... They'll never do. No. Okay, but a sociopath would uh, they use will anything, anything they to get yeah. to the end goal. That's correct. And so and so, you have both traits? Yes. So I have sociopathy primarily or antisocial personality and I have traits of narcissism. So not full-blown NPD but mm -hmm. just traits. Wow. And the thing about the spectrum... Mm -hmm. So everyone, because there's probably people listening and there's a couple of things you've said of like, mm -hmm. I've had a bit of that. <laughs> um, but there's a scale, isn't there? So you yes. can have, most people have a couple of things that would be deemed narcissistic. Up to 20 mm -hmm. is fine. You're not a narcissist. You're not a sociopath. So what kind of things are they? Like what so are they'll be level? like, I can manipulate people easily. I can lie to people. I can, um, I am the most important person in the room. Um, just very, very like, like 
on-point questions mm-hmm. that, you know... Which could be just someone being confident. Exactly. Okay. And exactly. it could be someone who just really is really attractive yeah, but where and the, is aware of it. Where the break would be would be like, I have criminal versatility. Right. So I've like committed like robbery or and I've also assaulted somebody. Like if you have that kind of... They kind of step up to the next yeah, step. Exactly. They're willing to go further exactly. than like, other people would. Sam actually got 30 out of 40. Which was exceptionally high. Um, on the narcissist, on the psycho- this is your partner. <laughs> yes, this yeah. is my partner, Sam. Um, on the psychopathy. Like attracts like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the psychopathy checklist, he got 30 out of 40, which is... And what did you get? 30, 38. 38. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. So one thing that I don't want to ask you, but I'm I'm sure everyone will, and it's this question is only based off like what we've seen in horror movies or thrillers with sociopaths and narcissists and things like that. They do kind of get categorized as, um, you know, murderous traits. Yes. Would you say you've ever had that come into your brain? brain? Yeah. I wish we had the Fifth Amendment here, but yeah, let's let's just say that um, I've had some thoughts. Yeah. Okay. But I would never act on anything. And you go to therapy. And, and I go to therapy. Okay, and I good. wouldn't have children or anything until I would be, like, perfectly treated and, you know, with a good support system. Yeah. Because I don't really want my kids getting antisocial personality. Yeah, because that's something you have to think of, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. There's a it's lot of genes. responsibility that comes with I this. Know. Yeah. None of it is a choice, so unfortunately. We'll be back after this. I've still got one more little bit, which I think will be fascinating because you and I will come at this from very different points of view. Absolutely. But we have a caller call in each week with a dating problem. You will probably see it so black and white and I'll take the emotional route. Maybe we need, like I probably need someone like you in my life to to just give me it black and white. Yeah. (laughs) Like you're putting far too much emotion into this situation. So... We, I'm going to play for us now an amazing listener who's called in with a dilemma. Yeah. And I'm excited for you to hear their story and we will both give them our own advice. Perfect. Take it away. Hey, so um, I met this guy at a bar a couple of weeks ago in the city and he's really cute. Um, plus he has a British accent, which I love. What? We went on a date a couple of days later and he seemed really keen at first. Um, we ended the night in the hot tub and it was a really fun night um, until I went to go give him a kiss goodbye and he said he wasn't interested in seeing me again, which didn't really feel that great. But fast forward a couple of weeks later and I just got a text from him saying he's broken his foot and he's stuck at home, has nothing to do and he wants to see me again. I mean, like, he's really cute and I, I'd like to see him again, but I'm a bit confused about his intentions what what do you think I should do I'm so confused because why were they in the I've only ever got into a hot tub with someone I've wanted to smooch before (laughs) so that's my first question what were you doing in the hot tub and why is he getting in contact is he bored what 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 do you think so um from my perspective I think that initially he'd had no interest Mm -hmm. and Again, I don't know why they got into the hot tub, <laughs> yeah. but for him to so bluntly say that he wasn't interested and then all of a sudden you get a text when he's at home and bored and lonely 
and probably can't get anybody. Uh. And, you know, like you shouldn't let yourself be treated like that. You deserve better than someone who treats you as a last-minute option. Who made. Yeah, last-minute yeah. option. That's all, like, it sounds like. Brutal, but get rid of him. Yeah. He sounds like bad news. Out. Yeah, don't get in hot tubs. With boys who aren't going to smooch you. No, exactly. <laughs> you know, you understand. You understand. I totally get that. Okay, let's go to another caller. Hey, Jana. So the other day I was staying at a guy's house who I've sort of been seeing for a little while now, just like a couple of months, and it's been really casual. Um, I've gone over to his house a couple of times, and the last time I went over, I went into his bathroom and I found in one of his drawers um, a bunch of girls' underwear. Um, and I think that they were used underwear as well. Um, so there's all different kinds of underwear. It was all very sexy like frilly pink leopard print all that kind of stuff i didn't assume that it was like anyone from his family because it was his own bathroom um i just want to know is that weird should i get angry about that i didn't know how to like confront him about it but should i keep seeing him or should i just leave i don't i think we just need an open conversation yeah Everyone's got their kinks, right? Everyone's got something that's a little bit kinky that they're into. Yeah. Clearly he likes a souvenir. Yeah. It's God. a bit creepy. It's like a memento. Yeah. But I think I think it's worth giving him like a little bit of a chance to explain himself possibly. I think open the dialogue. I don't think leave it there. You probably freaked out when you first saw it. I don't know what I'd do. Like, I wouldn't confront him. Like, I'd get some hand weird. sanitizer first. Yeah, first. <laughs> yeah. Like I want to know. Yeah. Is he paying? You know, because you know you men. You can pay for him. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever had a guy slide into your DMs? Yeah, Me $500. Too. And I'm like, no. See, $500 ain't bad. No, just joking. <laughs> $1,000. I've had guys too ask me, and maybe that's why it doesn't surprise me. I'm no. like, oh, yeah, the guy's just into just collecting undies. Yeah. It's strange, but if you like him, I would just have a conversation Absolutely. and say, hey, is this a kinky thing you're into? You know. I don't know if he's wearing them or if he's That's what I wanted to know. Yeah. That was my first question. Is it Are they used because he's it's wearing it? them? <laughs> hey, no judgment. <laughs> no judgment. Everyone's no. got their kinks. But I want to know more information, so please call back and let us know after you've had a conversation. But don't dump him right now. I no, don't no, think. don't don't jump to that at the moment. Get more information. Yeah. As open girls, the, we've open got a, a bit. dialogue. Open a dialogue. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much you. for coming on Thanks and a just lot being open and honest and just your fascinating self. <laughs> so I appreciate um, that. Thank you very much. Thank you. If this conversation raised any issues for you, know that you can always call Lifeline on 131 114. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you rate, subscribe and review so we can bump this little podcast up in the charts. And as always, we'll be back next week with some pretty good dating stories. Until next time, go out, date up a storm, run amok and bring me some really good dating stories. Are you
are you ready to get an inside look at crime from someone who has investigated some of Australia's worst crimes? It was like Aladdin's cave. The luminol found bloodied footprints and bloodied handprints on a wall. So it's yeah. just like a horror movie. Former homicide detective Gary Jubilant sits down with cops, crims, addicts, victims, small-time cheats, and big-town lawyers as they tell their incredible stories. My house got raided. Next thing you know, I got bail refused. Next thing you know, I'm on a truck yeah. to Parkley Prison. Listen to I Catch Killers early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts today or wherever you get your podcasts.